Dear listeners, where are you today? Right this moment, in the car, at work, in the kitchen, out for a walk? Does the truth that God is with you right now, right where you are, make you want to hide or do you feel comforted? Second Chronicles 16, nine tells us the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. Let this sink in. Everywhere you are today, God's eyes are on you. Eyes not glaring in condemnation, but eyes filled with tenderness, desiring to give you strong support. Let's savor his nearness as we listen to today's story of God's presence in the everyday, ordinary lives of women. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. As a little girl, Danielle Bell once imagined herself employed with a very important job, painting the white and yellow center stripes on paved roads. Those are the markings that tell us which lane to stay in or whether we can pass another vehicle. They offer boundaries and warnings, safety and security. I can't help but see Danielle on Sunday morning standing in front of the welcome desk, greeting each family with enthusiasm and joy. Her vocation as Dawson's minister to children makes her a center stripe of sorts standing in the middle of the hall, directing a traffic jam of children, guiding parents down hallways as we bustle in with the babies on our hips and children by our sides, often frazzled and confused. In today's episode, we'll hear from Danielle Bell and Meg Brown, ministers at Dawson. Our conversation is spontaneously sprinkled with all kinds of construction language, derailing, speed bumps, waiting, Through all of life's obstacles, Danielle and Meg share on today's episode how God has directed their paths. So, good morning. We're here with Danielle Bell, who's our children's minister, and Meg Brown, who's our associate children's minister. Is that what y'all are? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. 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 Is that right? Um, And we're just going to kind of have a conversation about where Danielle and Meg are in their lives and their ministries. Danielle, why don't you start? Nope, Meg, why don't you start? <laughs> sure. Catch her sure. off guard. Jump right in there. Tell us where you are today, Meg. Well, I'm happily in Birmingham. I'm a proud Kentuckian. Uh, I've been here at Dawson for about two years. I serve with first through fifth graders. Um, yeah, in my free time, I really enjoy being outside, drinking coffee, watching and playing sports. What do you want to tell us about Russell? Yeah, I should. I should. I know. That's like the top. He's an icon. Well, he is an icon. Russell is my dog. As of late, he is five years old, and I've had him for about three years. He's from the pound, but he looks like a poodle moment. He's definitely something, Uh, and he is the best boy. So I get to get to have him. And yeah. And he recently did some sort of training. Did that take? He did. He went and saw a trainer for about two weeks, and he came back, and it's like having a different dog. We go on walks wow. without leashes, which, like, okay, he has, like, a little handle. It's not technically off-leash. Like, don't worry. We're not breaking any laws. <laughs> but he is the best little guy. Yeah. Or large guy. He's probably 70 pounds, but he is the nicest Yeah, he's boy. pretty big. Yeah. But he is a, he's a well-behaved, different boy. But still cuddles and gets in my bed. He's so cute. That was new, actually. That did not start actually until he came back from How the train. How do you train. cuddle a seventy-pound dog? Sad. 
Well, he just curls up he like cuddles a little you. cinnamon. <laughs> yeah. And I just lay there, you know. Yeah. It's so, like those weighted blankets. Yes. He, he is a weighted blanket, maybe. That might be right. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that did not start until after the training. I think he was just a little... Um, was he sad? I don't know. He's probably saying, "Please don't ever send me Maybe away again." Maybe he was. He might have. He might have just been mortified. So he had to like go and stay there for he, weeks. He boarded like with ah. his trainer. He lived in you know the house, the whatever. Okay. They just have one dog at a time. Yeah, he does need to need any good names. I know some people. Good wow. to know. I'm not a dog person, so I won't need those names. But you're missing out. Well, I like cats. Love they take care of themselves, right? They take love care of themselves. Independent. So, yeah. There you go. I was about to say, I love dogs, but I think animal. I'm inwardly a cat. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. You don't, you have no questions where you stand with a cat. I, I like a cat. I don't dislike one. I could consider having one, even. Yeah. But I think your the, outdoor adventures would be much different with a cat, man. I think the cat wouldn't <laughs> join me on yeah, that. They I don't, think, they don't really like a leash. Right. I think I could, I think I could convince one to like a leash. I'm picturing you dragging a cat along the street, like refusing to walk. Now, you might get a cat to ride Russell. Awesome. Come on, saddle up, buddy. Let's go. Oh, I can see it. I can see I it. Think, I think that might be the next phase. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll show up to work with a kitten in a few days and we'll saddle him up. Yeah, you don't need to start that as a proper, kitten because if you wait until you're full grown, I'd be like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not doing that. All right, Danielle, where are you today? Wow. Um, I am, yeah, I've been here nine years in in Birmingham. I mean, being a Tennessean, I always thought I lived in the South. And then I moved to Birmingham. <laughs> and it's different a level. whole different level of South, which I love. Yes. I love a good Southern vibe. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, doing the single mom thing with three pets at home. So, I guess I'm trying to raise four things. And all of them not very well. So, um, but, yeah, we started kindergarten. So, this whole being somewhere at the time of a bell is very restricting to somebody who likes to move when they feel the move, you know? So just learning the school thing, kicking my tail a little bit, um, but loving it, loving it, um, completely out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways, you know? Does Emmy love it? Emmy loves it. School is epic. School is epic, which makes all the difference in the world. Now it's epic of vocabulary words. No, it is wow. not. That was her word. Day one, mom school's epic. So that's what we're going with. Wow. As long as it stays epic, we'll be okay. Because one of us, like I told her the first day when she went in brave, somebody had to get be brave the first day. And I'm glad, Amy, that it was you. Because mom, I wasn't ready for that. That was... Yeah. Wow, I busted out that back door and epic road trip. Maybe that's it. Epic school. Everything's epic. Everything, yeah. Well, not (laughs) everything. (laughs) Not everything. But yeah, so we're just doing that and trying to figure that out and prioritize time. And y'all, I have a list maker. She loves, like, I have a, she has a list every morning. That is absolutely beyond any comprehension of mine and so when she cleaned her room the other day she got out her pad to make a list of all the things she had to do and I went oh my word we are on opposite ends and here we go you've got a me I do but she's more puppy than cat but um because she wants to be all up over you but yeah so it's exciting so Awesome. Thomas does the same thing. He makes a list, list. before babysitters come to keep him and shows them. He says, this is what we're going to do first. <laughs> we need to do this. 
Hey, you're not going to miss out, is he? He's, He's not, not going to miss out on that babysitter. He's not going to miss a thing, and that babysitter's not going to miss a thing. Now, is Blake a list maker? I know he is. Oh, Blake because is of his windows maker, in his office. Excel, you know, spreadsheet maker. I like some lists, but also like a little bit of... That spontaneity, that's what I need. And spontaneity is birthed out of the order that comes from the Spoken from a list person. Yes, you can enjoy the spontaneity when everything is in order. That's right. Now, is that what makes y'all a good team? Because you're a list maker and you're not? Yeah, yeah. She's detail, I'm not. She's reality. A lot of when I'm kind of out of necessity. Out probably. of necessity. Let's, yeah. let's uh, frame that correctly. <laughs> it comes um, more naturally for her, but she's very like the I'm the pie in the sky. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, let's let's talk about what that really looks like, which is good because yeah. you know we could we could pie in the sky all day and have a great time and get and nothing. I want to pick what the event or whatever the thing is, and I want a spreadsheet of every minute. I want every person that's going to do it. I want those supplies needed. I want the location. I want color So are you coding. big, like, troubleshooter, too? Like, see the potential issues and kind of... I'm sure, because yeah. once the actual thing comes around, I do not want to spend any time having to come up with a solution for that. Yeah. If it's already planned out, then I feel fine, and I can enjoy the thing. Right. Or if it's kid life, if it's the fifth grade event we had on Friday, here's every anticipated moment and whatever. Yeah. I've already planned it out. There's everything that will be there. So I actually get to enjoy the thing rather than solve problems at the thing. Okay, but that kind of leads into another question is about the obstacles and the derailed plans. So everything's planned out. It's perfect. You're going to, you're going to enjoy the thing, but then. Perfect's a really hard, strong word there. Planned out is good. Yes. (laughs) But something goes wrong and you've got to operate on the fly. Like how to, how does that, what does that look like? I think you just take the puzzle pieces in front of you and you just make it work. Um, If you've planned you know, all that you can beforehand, then you have every tool that you could could have. But I mean, there are plenty of things that will just happen. I mean, I think of times at camp, like working, like directing kids camps, like, you know, in college and after college. And I mean, we occasionally there was a, you know, an ambulance or there was an emergency on, on campus or, or whatever. And you can't you can't foresee those things happening you can't foresee uh so much like in anything that we do even in the day-to-day so you just deal with the puzzle pieces in front of you and a solution will come (laughs) and i think your passion for our passion for ministry and the people me not being the list maker but over time i don't want to waste any of that face time planning so i will i will go against everything that's in me to knock it all out put out as many fires as you can beforehand because when the kids come for kid life i want to be standing there singing the song with them not wrapping up something we could have done the week before you know right. now there's something that's going to happen and you're going to be pulled from that but if you've you know planned as well as you could so i think that's learned from maybe experience and just the want to be the facetime is not yeah. as often as you want and that's such a important time so so yeah. what does that look like in your real life? Obstacles or something you thought was going to go a certain way and it didn't. How did you how did you handle that in your real life? Well, I, I, I thought about this question a lot. Like, I think my obstacles, it, and I think it is an obstacle, is a waiting. You know, um, there's certain times in my life where after a big medical thing, you know, there was waiting for lab results. And that was an obstacle. You know, like my life was going to go... Pfft, 
boom, or, you know, right or left, like major change in a foster care adoption situation. She could be yeah. ripped from my home or she's like that waiting. And, and I, those are some of the obstacles I think that have, I don't handle waiting well, I, you know, because I want to move. Let's go. Let's go. I think that's a forced, you know, I'm an Enneagram seven, so I don't want to feel I want to be on to the next thing. So forcing myself to feel, to deal, you know, but um, I mean, not to be get too scripture, you know, or spiritual, but like God's word in the waiting is what sustains me because obstacles have have really come in the form of waiting in my life. And that's that's hard. Yeah, I kind of thought, you know, just before Dawson, I was at a church in Kentucky and that church was a real like a gift to me. But I prior to there, I was like in seminary and had the full intention to be you know, a full time on campus seminary student, like put my head down, study hard and and then would consider like what my professional ministerial steps would be. I was serving in like a local church. Um, but like in a late capacity and just loved it. And the idea of like my plans being <laughs> derailed was a call from from a pastor at, at this church um, because of, you know, he'd gotten my name from a, a guy who I loved and trusted and it just kind of passed that on. And it was, you know, in hindsight, what a wonderful, like what a, what a way that God can derail like my very best ideas. Um, my very best idea would have been, you know, at that time, oh, well, I'll just like finish up this master's of whatever, blah, blah, blah. And even from there, you know, my intention was to be the minister to like first through fifth graders. And uh, then it turned into like also ministering to like the women's ministry. And man, what a, in hindsight, we can so see how God's derailing maybe mm-hmm. of our plans, how much better they are than our ideas um and even in the hard times not even just the oh like that's different than what i'd imagined but how wonderful it is to think man like my very best idea wouldn't have gotten me to Mm. to where i am and so i'm really glad that you know god gives us people to help us in those seasons of i think this is a derailed plan what what do we do but his word and his spirit helps like to center us so that we can mm-hmm. see and in mercy we get to look back and also remember wow like this mm-hmm. this plan is a lot better praise god <laughs> and i also go back a book i read a long time ago talked to, i love colorado i think it's the a great state next to tennessee um but if you look at colorado nobody goes to eastern colorado it's flat it's mm-hmm. where does everybody want to go you want to go to the mountains and mountains are birthed out of you know collisions Collisions, right and and it talked about our stories like the things that people learn from the things we grow from are birthed out of the collisions and the obstacles Mm -hmm. and the things you know I always say God let me take the pen back I want to write the story and we would never write those in you would not have written that in Meg I would not have written in the waiting but when we look back we're like oh but that's where the growth is that's where the trust is and so you know, or those, what would you have messed up if you hadn't waited? Right. Hmm. Speed bumps are much better in the rear view mirror than looking ahead, <laughs> yeah. you know, because you yeah. see, you can see all the, what's in that. So it makes me think, I feel like a lot of time when those derailings happen or have happened in my life, it's like I have a plan and usually my plan is based on what I think I'm good at and where my strengths are. And then it gets derailed and I get pushed out of my comfort zone into an area where I don't feel strong. But then I think about how the Bible says that his um, his power is made perfect in weakness. And so it seems like always when I get derailed, you know, that's when 
he ends up showing up in more powerful ways than I had originally even imagined. Or if you felt in control, you would have never had to. Right. Meg mentioned how like, you know, the derailings had an impact on your career choice or like, you know, helped kind of guide your path. And so that kind of leads into one of our other questions, who or what has had the biggest impact on your career choice? Uh, When y'all were younger, what did you think you were going to do for a living? Whoever wants to answer first. (laughs) Well, I mean, until fourth grade, I was going to paint the lines in the middle of the road. Like, I don't know. There was some commercial and that I don't know. There was it was a gum commercial or something where the guy goes and he put those lines. And I was like, that is the coolest job ever. So literally all that's all I was going to do until fourth grade. But from fourth grade on, it was journalism inside politics like you know my mom would have to in high school I'm old Gulf War would have to pull me from the Gulf War coverage on the news because you know cable news was getting to start to be thing to go to my basketball game but I was wow. just you know that is all I wanted to do no no doubts you know straight ahead until college and getting involved in a church um, that I ended up serving at was the closer I got to God, you know, it was like, really? You know, and I did that whole bargaining thing. Okay, I'll do, you know, I won't do war correspondent. And let, let's be honest, all of us know all my war correspondent would be, would be like me screaming. <laughs> I mean, I would be the worst. I'd be like, oh my gosh, you know. And we don't like, listen to that. It would be horrible. I would not be like Christine Amanpour, like strong and brave. No, I'd be a wuss. <laughs> but then I was like, okay, I'll do politics. You know, I'll stay, you know. But then, then it was like, I'll do I'll do Christian broadcasting. So I interned at you know a Christian radio station, but I had um, some leaders. Our, my college minister at the time was bivocational. He worked for Apple. This really cool Apple was real. This was an Apple's uptick. You know we're getting mm-hmm. the colored IMAX clamshell, just you know all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he but he also did college and music ministry at our church. And I got to watch him live out in front of us his call. Like he knew. Like he laid down this very well paying, very successful, very into his creative gifts job at Apple to surrender to that call. And so as I continued to grow closer under their leadership, I knew, I mean, and I remember the night after we had something, I was like, this is not what I'm supposed to do, you know? And I really laid that down. And then, you know, I, I, I love youth ministry. And I think for a college student, it's easier to plug into youth ministry because there's yeah. more hanging out. Right. And I was like, but how does one hang out in children's ministry? It feels a little more guarded with all the, you know. And yeah. literally the next week got a call within the church of, hey, we need a teacher on this Wednesday night with kids. And I'm like, okay. Wow. So, but just to watch those leader, like, and to watch him was truly, and I knew, like, what is this that I'm laying down on, you know? So literally my last semester, I was trying to take any class about kids I could yeah. because, you know, mass comm doesn't really translate and a political science minor into ministry. But so, yeah, then I always say I'm the dumb disciple, you know, like I'm the one that Jesus said from the shore, come on, <laughs> dummy, I'm going to follow, you know, you're going to, I learned through many mistakes so that so yeah far cry from painting the lines to dc to uh, could you have been a politician never a politician never a politician the the lies and honestly as i got closer in my mass comm classes like we had to do these studies where you would watch the news and you would have to i mean and truly it was the worst the worst stories lead i mean it's everything they tell you you know and you know i just got to the point is i can't throw that mic in that grieving mom's face and like yes you have to answer me right i was not no i'm not confrontational enough to do that absolutely not god knew my giftings and always always babysat but 
you know, I, you know, I, and that same minister that gave up, he, he encouraged me to work camp and he said, okay, you know, you like kids go spend a whole summer 24 seven with them. And that's where that was hard for me. Cause it was just weekly. And I was like, I want that long-term investment. Yeah. The rest is history. So where did you go to college? I went to MTSU in Murfreesboro okay. and picked it because of its communications program. So that God brings my talking back full circle. So basically I have a degree in talking. So it's great. Did we really need to pay money for that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What about you, Meg? Well, as a kid, there, there was a, a, hi, a hiatus where I was convinced I'd be an art teacher. I had an art teacher in elementary school that I just loved. And I love, you know, drawing, like painting, all that kind of stuff. That was fun. But no, as a kid, I was convinced that I would be Steve Irwin, oh, uh, that I would be on Animal Planet, that, I mean, and still, like, I love, I still today, like, love animals, love animal conservation. But, oh, goodness, uh, uh, that plan only really shifted as like in a you know between maybe like junior and senior year of high school uh just really felt this call of like vocational ministry I didn't know what that was I was in god bless just a sweet good um church that my grandparents attended and there were no women on staff so I had no concept of what it would be to you know like serve on a church staff mm-hmm. and and just had a faithful youth pastor. Uh, Jared Patrick is now, you know, senior pastor in that same community and just um, sound and encouraging. And from there, you know, went to undergrad knowing, hey, I'm going to study ministry. I did study mass communications, but you talk a lot of ministries. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> and and so just just thinking of the faithful like mentors or just voices, maybe even of like a Jared or a Jennifer Garrison or a Peggy Berry or a Carol Parks or just all these people that the Lord providentially just puts in your path. And, you know, in college, I was not particularly like, yes, sign me up for children's ministry. I I was not seeking that. I was really involved in like SCA and kind of like parachurch ministry, sports ministry. My local church, Campbellsville Baptist, uh, just kind of drew me in. We on and off had like a children's minister or an interim children's minister. And after working the summer with, with Centricid, with like Lifeway Camps, I was like, huh, like working with kids is really cool. Uh, the mm-hmm. Lord, I, I personally was a little shocked when I was considering working camps. It was between like a, a student camp or kids camp. And I'd never attended or been to either of these like large camp organizations before. And I just didn't, at the time, as a freshman, I did not feel exactly qualified to go (laughs) uh, be a camp counselor for effectively my peers, and I looked like a 17-year-old, so I was like, you know what, I'll go with the kids option, but I did not become a believer until high school, and so I was was not uh, certain how this was going to play out, that we would really, like, minister to third graders all summer, and, like, what can God do in the life of a third grader, and, yeah, from then just blown away that the Lord can't do a lot in the life of a third grader or fifth grader or an 18-year-old. And uh, yeah, then one of the one of the ladies at my church just said, hey, like you should serve in kids ministry, like in just, just a volunteer capacity. And so Tina Propes plugged me in and I was with Campbellsville Baptist Kids and then I was with Anna Price. And by senior year, I was organizing what we were doing on Wednesday nights. And, you know, I just, uh, I'm so grateful that 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 is kind of how my path was shaped not with a 
you know, not like a sitting as like an eight year old and saying, I'm going to be a pediatric oncologist. And then now here we are. Like I, it was not that specific, but I'm um, just lots of little faithful steps and confirmations and yeah. course corrections. But what did you want to do when you were growing up, Becca? <laughs> uh, it changed a lot just whatever I was feeling that day. <laughs> um, for a little while, it was a figure skater. Yeah. Uh, I really liked their costumes. <laughs> for a little while, it was a, a news reporter, news anchor. I, I've kind of always wanted to be a writer. Um, I, want, I wanted really my whole life to write some sort of book. So I think that the two main ones that stick out in my mind are figure skater and yeah. news anchor yeah. when I was a little bit older. I'm not so. certain if like those can shake out. I think the writing thing, I think there's We're working on that. That's like lingering. That. You strap lingering. up those boots and get on the ice. I don't want to see it. I'll be there. Absolutely. The funny thing is I never... When ice skating, and like I literally never set. Yeah, it's not like ice. you grew up in the north or anything. Yeah, I was in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't even have an ice skating. But you watch the Olympics and you think you can do it. Yeah, and then you get Absolutely. out there and you're like, like that doesn't oh, look no, hard. No. I do ballet. Uh, <laughs> Same thing, maybe. Right. right. <laughs> so I didn't go ice skating until college, and I realized then it wouldn't have worked out. <laughs> so <laughs> didn't waste any time in practice. No. Well, it would it would have been too late by then. You know, you got to start yeah. when you're like four. But yeah, yeah, it's one of those sports let's talk about what you like to read it doesn't have to be school related or or even you know ministry related like if you're on the beach what are you reading uh this past summer i read um it was a biography of herman bonnick so he's like a a dutch reformed theologian so that Mm -hmm. was like this but that was paired intentionally because that's a bit of like it's like picking up a dictionary. You read that on yeah. the beach? Yes. But that was paired. <laughs> She's going to pair it. Let, paired she's got a pairing. With uh, Wendell Berry's Hannah oh. Coulter. And anything from, I think Wendell Berry only did like seven novels, I think. Um, but he's a Kentuckian. We love a good Wendell Berry moment. But any anything that he's written is probably going to like pair nicely. So I, I like him. But I love a good novel i love um one of my favorite books is educated Terrible oh Lover. so good uh, yes. um, or like glass castle yes. i recently picked up um oh gosh one of our life group leaders recommended to me oh, in sure. ninth grade they're uh, reading everything sad is untrue and so it's hmm. i'm only a few chapters in but it's about uh a, a kid and his experience in america and so that's just uh really interesting but most recently, I finished Francis Schaeffer. It was like a collection of sermons. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not much that I don't like reading. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you have a favorite genre? I do like historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, Fun. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. It's okay I, I think historical fiction, if I'm going to land on one. Yeah, yeah, take me there. A Holocaust book, as depressing as that sounds, I'm very intrigued. Or The Gold yeah. Rush. Yeah. So I've only read Wendell Berry's poetry. I've never read one of his novels. Are you, so I was going to ask if his novels are good, but your face is telling me everything (laughs) I need to know. Oh man, they're, it's so good. He bases these novels are like a, um, stories from this fictional town in Kentucky, which is based really, really tightly to where he actually lives. Um, Port William or Port Royal based Mm -hmm. on, you know, like reality in the story. And, uh, it's just stories in like the timeline also of probably how he grew up and I'm from a rural small town in Kentucky raised on a farm. And so I get to 
to almost imagine like you know my grandparents upbringing but it's these yeah. sweet sweet stories and yeah uh nathan coulter hannah coulter um there there's not a bad one in the in the bunch okay i would highly recommend i'm gonna totally add that to my list i would love that hannah coulter might make you cry though so okay i'm okay with that you've been warned <laughs> um but worth anybody's read yes yes okay all right danielle so on the beach, I don't want to think as much as Meg it does over there. So I'm Christian fiction, Charles Martin, anything he writes, Long Way Gone, I guess, is the last one I read, which is basically the story of the prodigal son in a Christian mm-hmm. fiction. And I love he does weave the gospel in. He does Christian fiction, but he also wrote What If It's True, which is nonfiction. So a truly, I, I used to compare him to Nick, a Christian Nicholas Sparks, but he's much deeper. Like Nicholas Sparks, you yeah, can, you know, in the first deep. chapter I can be like, and they're going to blah, 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 blah. No, <laughs> no, he like, it is truly, there's one on, um, Wrapped in Rain about mental illness. That I mean, there's some good Christian fiction with him. Um, now, do audiobooks count? Because sure. when I'm cooking oh, dinner and around the house, 100%. so the last two audiobooks were Only Plane in the Sky, some big 9/11. So that was about yeah. the like the Air Force One, what all happened during that. And then I think it's called The New Sorority. So it was okay. following Katie Couric, Diane Sawyer, and Christine Amanpour, mm-hmm. like on their rise and how women fit in that a very much a man's world when they were rising in. So that's in the iPod when I can, I mean, the ears. But then, I'm, so like slow reading, just, you know, nonfiction, Christian nonfiction, like I'm just breaking open Ingram Lott's <clears throat> Jesus and Me, so the Holy Spirit, trying to, you know, really press into a little bit more of that's the power and everything we're supposed to live in, but that's one of those ones that you read and right. I have to chew. And So I'm a much slower reader because that's also I've got to find a quiet moment to do that if I sit down at night I'm go to sleep right right yeah that's me too I'm such a slow reader like even having been an English teacher I think people just assume that I can zoom through books I just have to chew on it for so long (laughs) it takes me forever to get depends on what I'm reading but it's I kind of read in spurts like I may read two or three books in a in a couple of weeks and then I may not it may take me a month to finish Mm -hmm. another one Mm -hmm. you know it's it's just kind of what that's true kind of mood and what you know but all right, so that makes me think, is an audio, if you've listened to an audio book, have you read it? Oh, no. Mm-mm. That's check. Nope, nope, nope. Because I, I, it's it's going to, there's already a pile that I need to get to that may, you know, like of my, so if, to me. I don't mean you necessarily, but like in general, if somebody says, oh, I listened to so-and-so. Oh. In your mind, like, have they read the book? Oh, like is an audiobook reading. You've got the facts, right? I mean, it's different than a movie. The movie is a can can be a whole different take on a book. The book is them reading the words Uh, in the book. I I think if someone mentions, you know, in casual conversation, if I bring up, oh hey, so and so thing I've recently read, and they're like, oh my gosh, I listened to that. Uh, yeah, but that can count. We can have a conversation about that. You know what happened. I'm not here to judge your uh, it's, it's your not a, it's not a right or wrong judgment question. I'm just curious, like, what to, because I, I want to hold my books. Now, I don't have a problem if you like to listen to them. I just, to me. So you're not going to go e-reader either, are you? Oh, Lord, no. See, for the beach, I've had to go to my little paper white, so I'm in the pool I will say I'm considering some sort of something like that just for traveling. Waterproof? Just for traveling. It's it's a life changer. But other than that, no, I can't. I can't do that. Not me. Put them all on a Well, and a lot of times i I got to underline. 
You can do that on e-readers. I got a mark, and I got a, you know. No, I want the physical book. I want to open it up and smell it. I want to hold it. I want to take off that terrible dust jacket that I eventually put back on. Yeah, right. It's useless for a while. Yeah, but you're like me. You want to hold it, touch it, smell it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I get really easily distracted if I do an audio book. If I try to do that while I'm cooking or, you know, following Will while he's crawling around the house, I just, I'm too easily distracted. Yeah. And so if someone listens to an audio book and says that they've read the book because they listened to the audio book, I'm willing to accept that. But I have to have a physical copy of the book. Yeah. Otherwise, I miss 50% of what's happening. Okay, one question you didn't know was coming, but it's a good one. It's okay. an easy one. If you could do one thing today that would just be so much fun, what would you do? Time and money are no object. Oh, God. That's my, a good question. My knee-jerk reaction was that I would like to go possibly be with my dog, but be alone <laughs> in the woods, um, possibly like not talk to any people. And uh, there would be a creek there, and there would be salamanders or frogs or deer. There would be some form of wildlife. But she would pick would up. So you would just see. go play in the but woods. But honestly, you were like, what's one thing you want to do today? I was like, I want to go. You just want to go play in the woods. Office. Okay. Would yes. you go fishing? I know uh, you're I would, I would like to also. Yeah. Maybe it would start in a deer stand, and I would just sit. I'm not even, like, there for purposes, but I would watch this one come up. And then I would do nothing but listen to squirrels run around the leaves in wow. the silence so and then i'll go fishing maybe yeah i love it it's so cool i'm still trying to learn to be like an independent fisherman though i don't know that yeah. i'm quite proficient enough by myself but we're gonna work on it yeah that's what i would do <laughs> see you guys later <laughs> All right. just gave me the money in the card let's go <laughs> yeah i would and meg is now leaving the room okay <laughs> good to see you meg i would um grab my girl and we would head west to the mountains i love i'm mountain over beach i love the beach but she's not seen them i mean she's seen hills in 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 the southeast but head to colorado i've always i've never done grand tetons always um i just want to sit and look you see or the light bands out there you might want to yeah Ooh, not maybe nice. not travel at this time but yeah just be just there's just a an exhale for me at the I'm scared of heights which is so funny because like when I go skiing I'm freaking out on the lift my friends are like you love mountains I'm like from the bottom Um, but I want to go up there because I do want to experience it but just there's there's nothing like the Rocky Mountain National Park I would take her and we would go see some elk and love it up so yeah we went to Colorado this summer and it was unbelievable Mm -hmm. fantastic but you're paying, so let's go. Yeah. If you're paying, maybe I should have taken a different route. But Could have gone international. Man. I mean, gut, gut reaction. I knew where I was going today. Well, that, I mean, I mean, it's today. It's not right. for it's, the next month. Right. It's today. It's magically there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm struck by the beauty of Meg's perfect day. Wandering through the woods, her dog Russell obediently at her side watching salamanders and frogs and fish. Freedom to wonder and freedom to get lost. It's a picture of spontaneity, the ability to go where you please in God's green kingdom. And yet I also love what Meg shared about spontaneity being birthed from order. God provides order in creation. Salamanders are divided up by class and family and genus. And yet in nature, God also offers joyous spontaneity. That surprise snow just before school starts back. 
an invitation for us to play or observe and wonder the quiet of snow falling. And over all the order and seeming chaos, we know God is in control. As the prophet Isaiah reminds us in chapter 40, verses 12 and 13, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? May we worship God today everywhere we are in the ordered moments and in the spontaneous ones, the calm and the chaotic. He is ever present. Amen and amen.